Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 74 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony. And we are glad to be back with you for yet another week of yep. Beers and Bible. We are ready to get to it. That's going to be good. We're, we're starting a new book tonight. We are. We are getting into a new book of the Bible. We've got two uh, new beers. Um, I've got one from a brewery I, I've never even really heard of. I've got a repeat brewery, but it's a yes. it's a new it's yeah. a new beer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. excited, man! It's going to be it's good. Gonna night. Be fun times. Yep. We're going to drink a little bit of beer. We're going to have a good time. We're going to relax tonight. Um, and yeah. So, what beer do you have tonight? So tonight I have um, from the Brewing Project, and they are based in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I have yeah. I have the ooey gooey peanut butter and jelly sour ale. Ooh. So I, this reminds me of no crusts. Yeah, that's really the reason why I got it. <laughs> um, it is the can. It just has like a piece of bread with jelly and peanut butter writing out the name on it. It's purple. Uh, Brewing project is spelled with a K in project instead of a C. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, grammar matters. Mm-hmm. The ooey gooey. It's a sour ale with raspberry, blackberry, peanut, and peanut flavoring. Um, mm. So I'm excited about this. I'm trying to see the can is not helpful, so I'm going to have to do some extra digging here. I should have already done this, but <laughs> well, while you're digging, I'm going to talk a little bit about mine. Yeah. Um, so I have from the Fairhope Brewing and. Fairhope Brewing was the one that brought us I Drink, Therefore I Amber. Mm-hmm. It got five Luthers. Mm-hmm. Um, From both of I us, right? The, I think so. Yeah, I think we both gave mm-hmm. it five. Um, I have the Amateur Sketch Double IPA. Um, I don't know that I've ever actually done a double IPA on here. Not not on um, purpose. Not on purpose, at least. But <laughs> uh, I bought this one simply because of the name. Um, and it's uh, a week after St. Patrick's Day. And if you're familiar with the city of Mobile, Alabama, and St. Patrick's Day, and the amateur sketch that popped up of a leprechaun um, that put Mobile on the map for like six hours one uh, one St. Patty's Day. Some some people, I think they ate the wrong mushrooms, and they decided <laughs> that they saw a leprechaun, and it made the news, uh-huh. and Mobile was uh, thoroughly embarrassed after that, but... We make it. We turned it into a joke because that's what we do here in South Alabama. We turn everything into a joke. Yeah. Um, hey, so, if you can't laugh at yourselves, laugh at somebody true. else. That's that's what I always say. <laughs> yeah. So the whole reason I bought this was because it was called Amateur Sketch, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's the it's the Leprechaun. Yeah, <laughs> but that's cool. The 
on the can, it actually has so the the Fairhope Brewing logo is a is like a pelican. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you I don't know if you could see it earlier, but on the can, it's actually like a four year old drew a pelican. That's amazing. <laughs> is what it looks like. You know, some guy at Fairhope Brewing just had their kid draw a really crappy. <laughs> pelican like hey do you know our logo and can you draw something that looks a little like it and even that's if not ex- then let's let's roll with it anyway just go with it yep so so that's why i bought it i'm gonna mm-hmm. see if if double ipas are my thing or not i'm i'm betting they're probably not but we're yeah. gonna give it a shot you don't anyway. like you don't like single ipas so i'm a little that's curious true. how the double is gonna go for you um, I was see. able to i was able to find mine has 5.93 ab is a 5.93 uh, abv and no IBUs again, so another no IBU. Uh, <laughs> What's up with that? I know, man. Um, all the reviews on Untapped are really positive. Um, in the four and a half range on their rating scale. And uh, we're going to see how it compares to No Crust. I'm expecting it to be a little more tart than No Crust. No Crust, if I remember right, was sweet. Mm-hmm. was like very sweet. So I will say this one... Um... This one comes in at uh, 10% ABV. Oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got two tonight, so. Well, <laughs> you may want to you may want to pocket one of those and I, just I may, save I it. I may call it at one. We're <laughs> yeah. going to see what happens. Well. Um, but, yeah, coming in at 10%, there's no IBUs on, on untapped on this one either. Um, average rating maybe there is untapped four. Is, maybe they untapped may not, is just they may not, not list it. Um, as detailed on some things as they are on others. Yeah, let's see here. So uh, this is what Fairhope Brewing says about their their uh, amateur sketch double IPA. It says this double IPA really packs a full-on hop punch at a hefty 10% ABV. This brew has a perfect balance of big malt with a considerable amount of Amarillo. Uh, Amarillo Chinook and Mosaic hops. You mean Amaretto? No, it says Amarillo. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I know that's a city in like Texas, but yes, it's like they bottled Texas. <laughs> and then here's your here's your reference right here. Much like that leprechaun hiding in the tree, it's hard to find a double IPA in our tap. <laughs> so grab this one while you can. This is like a limited release. Um, it only came in in four a pack of four mm-hmm. from the grocery store. So uh, that was the other reason I bought it. It was a limited release, and and uh, the obvious reference there to the leprechaun that mobile is so famous for so. right well there's only one way to find out if i'm gonna like this thing or not and that's to crack it open and drink it yeah let's let's crack crack open what we got and get get to drinking here we go one two three crack that is super ipa smelling <laughs> well you'll maybe be- the 10 percent will, will make it worthwhile you'll be pleased to know that mine smells exactly like no crust Ooh, things are looking good, dude. Yeah, dude, look at the color of that thing. Holy smokes, I can see it. It is very purple. Yes, it is. Um, have we found no crust two point here? Maybe. There's no foam, which is weird, or it's like purple foam. Yeah. There's my where's my telephone? I guess I get a picture of this. This thing is definitely going to be oh, all the IPAs. I could smell it. I'm surprised you can't smell it through the... <laughs> I don't think... You're not going to like yours at all, I don't think. I'm calling it right now. I, I don't... I don't. Th- I think you, yours might get into the Kalik range. 
I don't think it. I don't think it's gonna get that bad. Dude, this smells exactly like no crust. Nice. I'm gonna have to see if I can find that one, dude. Oh, so I meant to tell you, I found. I almost bought it. Um, the one that you did several weeks ago, the Ami Gang Three Philosophers. Uh huh. I found it at one of my local stores oh, down here. Cool. So it was in a can instead of a bottle. Hmm. I saw. Bottle, so. I saw one that I did in a bottle in a can. I saw the banana bread in a can in a store oh, up nice. here. I almost bought it then. I think I still have one here. So anyway, let's uh let's get to let's drinking. Turn up. Yeah, let's go. Here oh, we go. Nice Bottoms nice. up with the amateur sketch and the ooey gooey. That's just funny to say. <laughs> it is. <laughs> So you're you're giving yours five losers. I can already tell. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and go? <laughs> so if you are an IPA fan, this is the beer for you. This is exactly what you want. It is holy smokes IPA strong. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, in the ten percent ABV range, right? It is, yes. Um, but it is super hoppy, um, uh, which is not my favorite. Uh, but I mean, I get. I guess it's what I get. I knew. I knew what I was getting myself into when I bought it. True. I bought. I bought it for the nostalgia. Is what I did. Um, IPAs are are not my thing. Um, if you like IPAs, you're probably gonna like this. Uh, if you don't like IPAs, you're definitely not gonna like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I can stand it. It does have a. It does have a good texture. At least I can. I can give it that. It goes down pretty smooth. Um, but since IPAs are not my thing, I'm. I'm. Only I'm gonna be nice and I'm gonna give this thing three Luthers. Yeah, I'm gonna give it three Luthers out of five. Um, just because IPAs are not my thing, I may not get both of these down. I don't know. <laughs> I may get this. I may get this one. This one in and be finished for the night. But uh, but I mean it, it's at least smooth. Um, it definitely has that IPA hop like tang and burn. Mm-hmm. I guess is what it is. Um, it's a little bit stronger. I'm, I'm assuming because the alcohol content is so much stronger at coming in at 10%. So mm-hmm. three Luthers out of five Fairhope. I'm, I'm sorry. It's me. It's not you. Um, I still love your, I drink therefore I Amber. It's great. And have you and, bought uh, that one again? Oh yeah. Multiple times. Okay. Yes, I have. That was a good one. That was one of the ones you sent up to me. It is. And, and it was worth sending and I would send it again. <laughs> if you want some, just let me know. Well, um, but yeah, so there we go. That's the amateur sketch. The nostalgia is great. The beer is not my flavor. Um, but if you like IPAs, you're going to like this one more than likely. So go find it if you like them. And I'm now waiting on five Luthers to come from Michael on this peanut butter and jelly ooey gooey sour thing that he's got going on. Well, you're absolutely right. This is five Luthers all day. Um, it's, it's almost exactly like the no crust, except for the fact that it's a sour. Mm-hmm. It's got a much more tart uh, taste at the very end, right? But, the, but every other flavor of peanut butter and jelly sandwich is there. Nice. I can taste peanut butter. I can taste jelly. I can taste the bread. Um, and, and it's the color is really cool. We'll post a picture of it. Um, but I I'll mean, get it right this week, maybe. Well, <laughs> well and, and I mean, can you see that? I mean, it looks yes, like a jar of jelly. Yes, like, it does. Like a like a, like a you can't see through a jar of jelly. Remember how ooh, on the no crust you could it was semi translucent. 
Yeah. Or you could see like the stu- the particulates floating around that look like seeds mm-hmm. and jelly. Well, this one is good grief. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, this one looks like just a straight up jar of jelly, and it's it is so good. I've I really do enjoy sours. Um, and this one's going to be at the top. I'm I will be getting this one again. Nice. Probably sooner than I like to admit. <laughs> like tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe so. The only thing is, it's a. There's only four of them, and it's a little pricey. Yeah. So. The good ones usually are. Yeah, and it is. It is on point. So nice. Um, the brewing project. I've been looking. I've you know the package store I've been going to has a lot, much wider variety than the stores I was going to. Yeah. And. Um, Which we're going to talk about in a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, and, uh, I've been looking at, I've been seeing this one for several weeks now and I finally decided to pull the trigger on it this week and I'm glad I did because it is every bit of five Luthers. Nice. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I don't know. I don't know if I'm more generous with my fives or if I am just looking out on finding five Luther beers and and you're having a hard time, but. Um, I ha- I have not done well in the last uh, it's been a minute. probably fifteen or sixteen episodes. I've only got one five Luther, and that was the Mangrove mm-hmm. that uh, started episode sixty seven. The first time we revealed ourselves, uh, that came in at, at five Luthers, and I've re- I mean I've been kind of weak. I-, I had two four and a halfs in there, but everything else has been three and a halfs and fours. Yeah, and now a three tonight. Which again, the three is is not Fairhope Brewing's fault. It's my fault because I don't like IPAs. Right. You were wired. Mostly. You were wired a certain way, and that way was not to enjoy IPAs at all. Nope. I don't know what it is. I I I, I think it might be just the bitterness of them. That that super super hoppy flavor. Mm. Uh, once you get mm-hmm. to a certain point, I just don't like it anymore. It gets too bitter for me. It makes my mouth pucker. And yeah, yeah. So. There you go. There's some beer talk. Um, that's the amateur sketch from Fairhope Brewing, the ooey gooey PB and J sour from the Brewing Project. Uh, getting five Luthers coming in strong. Debut for now the I'm Brewing Project. That was it, a that that was a good one. I'll I'll be going back to that brewery. Nice. Well, okay. I say going back back to the package store to get stuff from that brewery. <laughs> I'm not going to now, Wisconsin. Now I'm going to try to find it though. I'm going to see if I can find one. I'm gonna hit up some different different stores around here and see what kind of stuff I can find. So, anyway, so tonight we're gonna do we're we're kind of in between. We finished tobacco last week, and and Michael and I were talking and said, "What do we want to do? What book do we want to do next?" Um, and then so we have landed on the book of First Peter. Uh, mm-hmm. We're gonna do the book of First Peter, which we we kind of tied to Habakkuk there at the beginning because it really develops. First Peter develops a theology of suffering, and so we're going to talk about that for a few weeks. Um, but kind of in between, we're going to highlight First Peter tonight. We're going to we're going to zoom over it really fast, just kind of a general stuff. But um, something that we haven't done yet uh, since we've kind of been back and dropped the name uh, nicknames and the voice changers um, is. Uh, just talk about who we are, two guys, how we met, that kind of that kind of thing. So we're going to give a little bit of history about the two of us, and then we're going to give you a brief overview of First Peter before we dive into the text of First Peter next week. So mm-hmm. stick around, and we will be right back.
Welcome back. Welcome back. We, uh, I'm, I'm still trying to get mine down. Uh, I'm pretty sure Michael's going to like bathe in his later. Apparently it's that good. It's good, man. I wouldn't waste it on a bath. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. I've got one down and I can definitely tell it's 10%. I may try to drink the other one tonight, but I'm, I'm feeling, actually not upset that there was only four of these. You feeling a little loose over there? Yeah, I am feeling a little bit loose. <laughs> not going to lie. One went into this thing. <laughs> I'm a little calm now. Uh, maybe I won't get quite so riled up like I have the past couple of weeks. <laughs> well, we're not getting too deep tonight, so. No, we're not. So we're going to talk. We're going to take a little bit, just a few minutes, and talk about who we are um, as guys, men, husbands, fathers, just who we are in life, and then how we met, uh, kind of our story, how the two of us met, and that how that led to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go. I'll go first. So my name is Anthony. Um, I'm from South Alabama. I've always uh, really kind of lived in South Alabama. Um, other than the two years that I spent living in uh, Georgia, next to in the same city as, as where Michael was, which is where we met. Um, but uh, I am uh, edgy. I'm, I'm. You've probably figured out I'm the one who ex- who went to college for Christian studies. Um, I, I got. I have two degrees. Um, I have a bachelor's degree from the University of Mobile. I have a master's degree from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, and and it was I did I did the ten year route where I finished college I finished my bachelor's degree then I took ten years off and then I went back to seminary, mm-hmm. um, and so so that's why I, I'm a I'm a little bit older than than most people who graduate seminary you know most of these guys are twenty two years old I was like thirty six when I graduated yeah so. we when 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 we met you were had you. Just started seminary. You were about halfway through. I was about halfway through yeah. when we met. Yeah, because I had like three more semesters to go, and and I right. it took and, me it took me like gradu- two and a half years to finish. Yeah, and you graduated while you were still up here. Yeah. Yes. So graduated May of 2019 from New Orleans uh, in OBTS and loved it. Loved my time there. And and um, Michael and I met in January of 2018. Um, and so, so up until then I had worked a bunch of different jobs and I had done a bunch of different things, um, and started working for churches really in 2015. I worked for a church down here in South Alabama, um, doing a lot of tech stuff. And then a friend of mine called and he was like, Hey man, we're going to be hiring for this position. Would you be interested? And I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm never going to say no to an opportunity. So I said, sure, throw my hat in the ring. Um, and then that led to, Michael and I meeting because he was on staff of the church that I joined the staff of as a, as a production guy. Um, and so that, that's really kind of how we met. Um, you know, I, as, as a college student, I always kind of felt the urge or the, the leaning to be in ministry, to work in ministry. Um, but God just never really provided a full-time outlet for that until 2015. Um, and, and so that path was paved there and, and I did do stuff part-time and I did stuff, um, in my spare time for churches, you know, I helped churches and, and, uh, the church that I was a part of, I've always been involved in church. Um, the ch- church that I was a part of, I played in the band. I'm a musician, um, really kind of by, by training, I'm more of a musician than I am anything else. Um, everything else that I've picked up that I've actually gotten paid to do has been 
the stuff that's kind of attached to being a musician. You know, you learn how to do tech stuff. You learn how to work. Uh, you're, you're a geek, so you learn how to do computers and all this other stuff. And and that naturally kind of led me into the production realm, which is what I ended up getting paid for. And so so I was here. I was a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, running sound and programming lights and and doing all that kind of fun <coughs> stuff, um, but but uh, working for the church here in South Alabama, moving up, moving to Georgia, starting up there, um, worked up there for uh, right at two years, uh, and then God moved back, moved us back down here to Alabama. Um, just I mean the the circumstances around that there there's a whole lot to dive into there, but but it was pretty clear for us. I think we've talked about it a little bit. It was pretty clear for us that that, that was the right move for, for myself and for my family. We hated moving away from Michael and, and his family because we had gotten so close over just a couple of years that we were up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we knew that, that God was uh, ultimately in control and he would provide, and, and he has continued to provide. I, I think for both of us we can say he's continued to provide to this day yep. uh, and still does. And so even though we're neither of us are working full-time, for churches, we still get to be involved in church. Um, we still get to serve with churches, and so we still have that that outlet there. And it and it's something now with the Beers and Bible podcast that because we're not employed by churches, we don't feel the need to, I guess, hide. Um, yeah. And so I, I, it sound when you say it like that, it almost sounds bad, but but. Really, the reason that we did that was because we just didn't want to. We didn't want to throw any extra fuel on the fire. We knew what we were doing was was kind of, um, I, I, controversial. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and so we didn't want to throw more fuel onto the onto the controversy. We just wanted to have the discussion. Mm-hmm. And and really, it was to show people that that you don't have to be a legalist or a, a type of fundamentalist about alcohol consumption. Yeah. Um, you know, and since uh, I, I know Michael has said stuff, I know I've had people reach out to me since we've kind of removed our names and removed the voice changers. I've gotten several text messages of just encouragement and messages on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. encouraging us. And, and, you know, to each one of you who has reached out to me, uh, you know, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that a lot because, Michael and I were a little nervous about doing this. We knew it was going to kind of naturally cause a little bit of controversy. Anytime you talk about alcohol, it's going to cause a little bit of controversy. But we we felt like we weren't the only people out there who held this view. Yeah. Um, and so we wanted to put it out there that this is <clears throat> this is what we believe about Scripture. This is mm-hmm. what we believe to be true. Um, and and so even though you may hear something different from your pulpit. Number one, that does not make your pastor a bad guy. If your pastor is is against alcohol, that does not make him a bad guy. Um, so please don't ever hear that on this podcast. You know, yeah. we submit, love, encourage, pray for your pastor because I'm telling you that guy has one of the hardest jobs on planet Earth. Um, but for us personally, we just we didn't have that conviction. We didn't have that that uh, that belief. And so we said, well, there's got to be more people who believe in line with what we do. And so we wanted to, to bring the podcast out into the public forum for, for open discussion. And, yeah. and that's what we, that's where we are. So that's a little bit about me. That's kind of ties in Michael about how we met. I'm going to let Michael talk a little bit about himself, where he's come from and, mm-hmm. and how it's uh, brought the two of us together. Yeah. So, um, I, um, so like Anthony said, he's the one that went to Christian college, 
theological seminary. Um, he is very educated. He is very smart and uh, filled with wisdom when it comes to things of theology. Um, I did not come from that realm. I graduated with a bachelor's degree from the University of North Georgia. Um, it's a kind of in between JUCO and major, you know, big, big time college around here. It's a big time college, but that's because we don't know any better. Um, <laughs> so I graduated with a history degree. Um, while I was in college, um, I started working at the church where Anthony and I would end up meeting. Um, I started there part time on what was then the media team. Um, and I just, you know, I stayed pretty much, I was on that team in some capacity up until July of 2019. And I started there in the summer of, or in the fall of 2008. Um, except for like a three or four month period in college um, when I was living, you know, close to the college and it was about a 40 minute drive back to the church. Um, I got a different job and, and bridged that gap. So um, except for those few months, I was on staff at the church for almost 11 years. And, um, and so, you know, I went from being a part-time guy. I got married in 2012. Um, I started full-time in the spring of 2012, got married in December of that year. And, um, I was a full-time member of the team and I, you know, I was, um, learning and, and had kind of stepped into a, a quasi leadership role on that team. And, um, and then, you know, my boss pulls me aside and says, Hey, we're bringing in this guy, Anthony. And my first thought is, well, what have I been doing for 10 years? <laughs> you know, um, you know, my initial, my initial reaction to that was, um, just anger and frustration. Um, I contemplated leaving the staff then, um, in the fall. And I don't know if I've ever even actually articulated that to anybody, but you know, at that time I was really frustrated with the whole situation. Um, and then Anthony comes in, we meet, I'm a little skeptical of him because, you know, he seems like this kind of goofball guy who's really smart, but seems like a goofball, and, but he's really eager to help and learn. And I'm willing to stick it out because, um, I guess one of my character flaws is that I'm fiercely loyal. Um, <laughs> do you want to tell the story about like our first day working together? <laughs> like our first real day working together? <laughs> It's yeah, this will be a good one. Okay, so do you want to tell so, it from your perspective or for, should I tell it from mine? <laughs> we'll we'll hit both perspectives a little bit. We'll we'll intermingle here. So, um on the production staff, uh when you're doing production at a church, typically you take care of sound systems, installs, uh setups, teardowns, you know, anything related to audio visual stuff at at the church. Mm -hmm. So, we were um setting up for a college deal that the church had started and they were kind of investing some money into it because it had picked up a lot. Mm -hmm. And we're, so they installed a sound system into doing, this. Yeah. A semi-permanent install. Yes. Yeah. And so we go in and this is literally my first day on staff at the church. Like I drove up on Saturday. I had church on Sunday. That was kind of my first, I was just there observing everybody and meeting everybody and letting them know who I was the new guy, and then Monday we're going up here to this this place to install the sound system. And so, team of us, we're going up there, we're working, we're, I mean, we're just hammering this thing out, and it's the end of the day, it's been a long day, and, <laughs> and we are hanging speakers from the ceiling, okay? Um, and, and 
we are we're finishing up and we're passing tools down. Michael is up on the scaffolding, finishing up, and then he's like, "All right, I need to pass the drone." And I'm like, "Okay." And I'm getting in place, and as I'm getting in place to reach up and hit it, he just lets it go. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll look up, and here comes this drill right onto <laughs> my face. And it busts my lip So, I, Yeah, he was bleeding. It was awesome. Um, it was fun. I thought I was going to have to get stitches my first day on the job. <laughs> yeah. So in my defense, I did say, hey, someone catch this. And Anthony did. did say, okay. And... <laughs> So I just let, I mean, like he said, it was at the end of the day, we were just kind of like, I was just ready to go home at this point. Uh, we um, all were. And, and so, you know, I just, I'm throwing tools down from the top of the scaffolding and say top of the scaffolding. It was only like 10 or 12 feet up. 10, so yeah. it wasn't that high. Um, so that was just like a funny, like, I think about how Anthony is one of my closest friends now and our first real encounter with each other, uh, I threw a drill at his face. So <laughs> we joked about it for a long time. We still joke, joke about it sometimes. So, um, yeah, I still, I still have the scar too. There's like right yeah. there on my lip. There's the yeah. scar. If yeah. I shave my, my, uh, mustache, you'd see it. <laughs> so, um, so that's in, uh, January, 2018, we meet, um, our office area was separate from the rest of the staff. So like the rest of the staff was in like one building and then we're mm-hmm. in the, back half of a production room we're in the back cave basically basically (laughs) um and so we're over there we hang out all the time we're you know helping each other out talking through things um you know we're our jobs are connected but they're not really like dependent on each other if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like anthony does his thing i do my thing and when we have to come together we come together and so um we we're doing that um and then in July of 2019, an opportunity came up for me that was too good to not at least go after. Um, and and I went. Um, Anthony was really the only person on staff that knew that I was contemplating leaving the staff, and um, and I and I was offered the job and I took it and and it's allowed me and my family to do some things that we would not have been able to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I had stayed in that position and I didn't see any opportunities for me to move out of where I move out of the position I was in at that point. Um, there was frustration with, um, so, some things that we were having to deal with. Um, and when I, my, my whole thing is when an opportunity comes, you never want to say, I wish I had, <clears throat> like if I, yeah. if I had gone and got in and interviewed and they hadn't never called me back, I would have been fine. Yeah. And, but you know, it, I couldn't, I can not have lived with myself if I did not at least go for it. Yeah. So, um, I left in July, 2019. I think that came as a shock to a lot of people, especially given mm-hmm. how long I'd been there. Um, but like Anthony said with his move, uh, my move, uh, in my, in what I was doing for my job was, was good for me, for my walk, with Jesus and it was good for my family. It got us into a position where we could do things that we would not have been able to do. Um, and so very thankful for my time at the church, very, um, thankful for the friendships that I made there, um, and the experience I have. And maybe one day that'll, you know, I'll be able to use that experience again. Yeah. Um, but 
for right now, I'm, I'm very satisfied with where I'm at. Yeah. You know, and, and I think both of us really are, um, we, we had gotten to a point really both of us where our frustration level with things that were not necessarily in our control. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that frustration was not specifically for, you know, an individual person or it wasn't like we're mad at the church for having to do certain things or not right. do certain things or right. it was just kind of a it was really just kind of a frustration at a at an overall situation yeah um because there's i mean there's still people <clears throat> that I talk to from the church staff non-staff um you know I I still keep in touch and and it's it's funny because in your when you're in a place for for 2 years or so you you would think you don't have time to make lifelong, you know, kind of very good friends. Mm-hmm. But man, it was it, for us, and I know, I know for my family. I mean, we made a lot of friends that we, when we left, we didn't want to leave those people. Yeah, um, you know, it was there was it was very very bittersweet for us because mm-hmm. just in the short time we were there, um, we had made such good friends not only with the people at the church with with families at the church who were who were in our similar situation but i mean even in the as far as the neighborhood that we lived in i mean we had a lot of friends in our neighborhood mm-hmm. um that were sad to see us go yeah. you know and and you you typically don't find that kind of stuff only being somewhere for a couple of years right. you know you don't you don't make those kind of friendships and so um, leaving was not easy, but it was, it was pretty clear, um, for my wife and I, for our family that, that it was the right decision. Um, and, and, you know, at the point where we left, Michael had already left the church staff. And so, um, that, that actually made it a little bit easier. I, I think if Michael would have still been on staff, it would have been a lot harder for me to leave. Um, and so, so, you know, but all of that being said, it, it led us into, those two years led us into a friendship that is much better and much deeper than most of the friendships that I've had for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I don't, I don't at all think just cause we were there for a short time that, that that was a mistake. It was, you know, we shouldn't have moved up there. Some people would say that, that you did, that we did make a mistake. I would disagree with him wholeheartedly. Um, I think it was God working in our lives, and I think He used that time to teach us certain things as a family, um, and and prepare us for certain things that are that are coming forward. And yeah. so, so you know, I can I can look back at the last two years of my life and know that some of those lessons have helped me through the last year of my life. Yeah. And so, so with that, that's why we really wanted to keep the Beers and Bible podcast going. Yeah. Um, because it was something that we both enjoyed and it was something that we had worked on together. And, and like we've said in a couple of posts, it's something that we are incredibly proud of. We, yeah. we enjoy it and we've enjoyed, uh, like I said before, we've enjoyed he- hearing the feedback from people, um, and, and, and the encouragement from people. And, and so we, you know, we personally, I don't, I don't know about you, but I have not really had anybody be a negative like a naysayer or anything to me directly mm-hmm. no. um i haven't had anybody come up to me and and kind of challenge me on the point um my, you know if 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 you're listening to this and you want to challenge me i you know if you know my phone number feel free to call me and and yeah. i'll be glad to sit down and discuss it yeah 
Um, yeah, but that, it's it's where we are. Yeah, that like you said, we when we started this whole thing, we were you know I, I vividly remember sitting at my desk and turn around and going, dude, let's just start a podcast. Like I, I vividly remember that. Yes. And, um, you know, that's kind of where that's what led to us today or to where we are today. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, at the very beginning it was, you know, we couldn't reveal who we were because we were on staff at a church. Um, you know, I left in July of 2019 and so we couldn't, you know, you were still on staff there. So we mm-hmm. couldn't reveal who we were, who I was without revealing who you were because people are not stupid. Um, and then we just, we kept the, we kept the pseudonyms and and the voice changers for a while, just because we didn't want to create any unnecessary, um, division or, Mm -hmm. um, any strife with our brothers and sisters who we love dearly at the church we were employed at. Um, and, 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 but I also think when we started this, our thought was we cannot be the only people who are hearing one thing from the pulpit and reading the, another thing when we read the Bible. Yeah. And so how can we help those people who are trying to reconcile, you know, what they're hearing on a Sunday morning versus what mm-hmm. they're reading themselves? And, yeah. you know, like you said before, you know, I'm trying to think how to put this. Your pastor's not perfect. Right. Your pa- and your pastor's not the authority. Mm-hmm. Scripture is the authority. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. can read Scripture, and, and the way he reads it, it reads one way. You can, and I can read Scripture, and I read it a second way. And Anthony reads it a third way, and you, the listener, read it a fourth way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and get, you know, it says what it means, means what it says, but how we apply it is different. Yeah. Um, you know, our application of Scripture is not going to be uniform universally yeah. uniform so well and and i know we've talked about it but i also think i mean i think it's important to say we we wholeheartedly affirm that scripture only has one interpretation mm-hmm. but scripture can have many applications yeah. now just because people differ in an interpretation um you know there there are certain things i love what uh, a guy named al moeller does when he talks about what's called theological triage um, there are certain things that are important. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that are foundational, and then there are certain things that just don't matter. Right? You know, um, there there are theological topics that just don't. You know, we can disagree on those things, and we can still be in fellowship with each other. Yeah. Then there are certain things that that we can disagree on, and we may have to break fellowship, but we're both brothers in Christ. Right. You know, uh, and then there are certain things that that you have to. There are core tenets that you have to believe. Um, to to really call yourself a, a Christian, a believer, um, who is saved by grace, you know, yeah. uh, I would I would put those uh, at a bare minimum at uh, the Council of like the what's called the Nicene Creed, or or even just a little bit later the Apostles' Creed. That's a that's a total plug for somebody who, if you're listening, you're going to know exactly what I just did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we. <laughs> I just, I totally just gave that one away. Yes, I totally affirm the Nicene Creed. Um, and I think I said something about the Apostles' Creed a couple of weeks ago. You did. And, and uh, I got a funny comment. So, um, but anyway, uh, so, you know, you, you can't believe, you, you have to believe in things like the doctrine of the Trinity. You have to believe that God is one still. Um, you have to, you know, you have to believe that Jesus 
was a real historical person who was born of the Virgin Mary, who died, suffered under Pontius Pilate, who died, was buried, and was raised to life, and is coming. You know, there are core gospel tenets that have to be held in order for you to be called a Christian. Um, but we can disagree on the second coming of Christ if it's premillennial, postmillennial, amillennial, pamillennial. You pick your millennial position, and we can disagree on that and still be brothers in Christ. Mm-hmm. We can disagree on Calvinism versus Arminianism and still be brothers in Christ. Um, but you can't say that I'm going to worship the the Hare Krishna version of God, and I'm going to and and I'm going to say no, that doesn't make you a Christian anymore, right? Um, and or you can't say that Jesus wasn't fully God. No, I'm sorry, that's that's a core tenet of Christianity, and yeah. so. Um, I forgot the, I totally forgot the point I was making with all that, (laughs) but, um, I, I, all of that kind of points to where, where we are on, on this podcast. You can disagree with your pastor, you, and, and you don't have to leave your church. It's okay to disagree with your pastor. I think that's where I was going with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because your pastor, like you said, is still flawed. He's not the final authority. He is the person that is leading your church and is mm-hmm. and is bringing the word weekly, um, but he's not he's not where you should be getting all of your uh, spiritual meals from. Yeah, you you there should be some you know you should be doing some studying on your own. You should yeah. be listening to other pastors. It's always good to expand beyond the scope of just the pulpit that you sit in front of on a Sunday morning, you know? Um, and, and I think we as believers need to get out of our bubbles. We're like the church we go to, the little C church that we go to is mm-hmm. the only church that's doing it right. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of believers who, and maybe I might be missing this. I don't know, but there's a lot of believers who think their church is doing it the way. Yeah. And, and yeah. there's, and there's not, you know, there's no other ways to be to to do church. Yeah. Um and I don't know if that's a rabbit trail or not, but um <laughs> I do think we we do need to point out and we mentioned it when we revealed ourselves a few weeks ago. Um when we left the staff at the church at our separate times, I left in July, Anthony left in um December, December. of 2019. We did both leave on good terms and we both, mm-hmm. you know, we both you know put in our, I put in my notice and worked my two weeks, um, and started my new job the following week. Anthony, um, fulfilled his commitment. Um, once he decided, Hey, I'm, you know, it's it's time for me to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, and Anthony fulfilled that. So, um, but, but we left on good terms. We still have people there that we would love, cherish, care about. Mm -hmm. Um, I had lunch with, uh, a guy a couple of weeks ago. Um, that I, I very much care about and love. So, um, you know, there are still relationships there that, that we are, uh, continuing to pour into. Yeah. And, you know, just because we don't align with the teaching of a certain church doesn't mean that there aren't people there that we care about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, uh, you know, I think it's important again to point out that you don't have to agree on everything. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, even inside of your church, you don't have to agree, and you can still love each other in spite of your disagreements. You mm-hmm. know, uh, 
I, th- I think a few weeks ago we talked about cancel culture, and, and we've gotten to a point now where any minor fractional disagreement is leading to just a destruction of friendship. And, and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm going to say it. That is destructive for society. It is going to lead to the implosion of society and culture in general because you're going to be left with nobody who is your ally. Everybody is going to become your enemy when you have that mindset. Yeah. And so, you know, as Christians, we're the book of Ephesians teaches us to to speak kindly to people and to and to love people and to speak encouraging words to people and you can do all of that in the context of disagreement. And and so, I think for Christians it's important to understand that mm-hmm. disagreement doesn't mean disfellowship. It doesn't mean that you have to abandon everything in that person uh, or or in in that thing. So if you disagree with us on the position of alcohol, that's great. I don't mind. That doesn't bother me one bit. If we sit down and you say, man, I would prefer that you not drink a beer. Okay, no problem. I have no problems with that. Yeah. Um, You know, but if you sit down and I order a beer and you're like, "Mm, are you going to sin like that? Then we're going to have a discussion yeah. because because you don't have a scriptural argument for what you're saying to me. Yeah. There's a difference between mentioning it on the front end. Like like if you if if you know that someone drinks alcohol and you would rather them not, mm-hmm. you know, mentioning it before they get to the point of ordering. Yeah. If you're at a restaurant or a bar or something yeah. is a much more loving, caring way to to interact with them rather yeah. than trying to condemn them after the fact. Yeah. I'll, I want to tell a story right here. So this is going to go way back um, to, I was, oh shoot, we were still in college. Um, I think I would have been 22 or maybe 23 at the time. So I and was like 15 or 16. Cool. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you would have not been drinking beer at this time, hopefully. No, not at um, all. But I was I was seeing a girl and and we had you know we had talked we had been dating for maybe a few weeks or a month or something like that and a couple of guys were coming over to my house and we were hanging out and she calls and she's like hey you want to hang out and I'm like sure we're at the house we're here and we're hanging out and she's like okay I'll just come over so she comes over and we were having a beer well she comes over and is is really quiet and and normally she's not quiet and so I was like something something's wrong and then she's like hey i've got to go i was like you sure you don't want to hang out she's like no i've got to go and so she left and and i text her i was like is everything okay i was like you're kind of quiet um you know did were we were we doing were we saying something wrong were we doing something she's like yeah i just didn't want to be around beer because my father is an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and i was like whoa time out i was like we're gonna put it away you come back and and, you know, but it was one of those things where I think an, an, an interaction like that is really the best of both worlds. Because, yeah. number one, she didn't want to make a big deal out of it because she realized that we weren't doing anything wrong scripturally. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't she didn't want to put that burden on us. Yeah. She just said, I'm just going to remove myself from the situation. I'll come back later. Yeah. And And on the flip side of that, when she told me, I don't want, you know, I just don't want to be around that because of, because of, the struggles that my father's had with it. And, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like to see that. I, my response as a, as a fellow believer and a, and a sh- seeing her as my sister in Christ says, no, 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 I'm going to put this away. This is not important yeah. to me. This is not as important as, as spending time with 
this, you know, we ended up not getting married. This is not the girl that I married, but, but at the time we were, you know, we were talking. And so the whole, the whole point of that is, is the communication. We had communication at the mm-hmm. time to, to say enough to say, this is how I feel. And I, and, and that didn't offend me or that didn't make me go, well, that's dumb. Why would you think that? You yeah. know? Um, it, but, but it was good on both sides because, because we both realized at the time, Hey, we can do this. We just have to be upfront and communicate with each other. Yeah, it has to be a two way street. Yes. If there's, if there's differing opinions on any topic, really, um, it has to be, there has to be a willingness on both parties to communicate their expectations. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and especially when it comes to things like alcohol, I feel like the people who don't like it or don't think you, the Bible allows for it are probably mm-hmm. the loudest. They are. And, and, the, the, and the people who don't, you know, who either are apathetic or actually think, or not apathetic. Um, no, maybe it is apathetic. Yeah. They just don't, they don't really care either yeah, way. The people, the people who don't care either way. Or the people who read scripture be like, you know what? It doesn't really say you can't, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It never says it's a sin to drink, you know. So scripturally, there's nothing wrong with it. I think those people are the ones who will never say anything to, in the in the contrary of the loud ones who yeah don't like the don't like the idea of believers consuming alcohol. Yeah, there's an old saying that the squeaky wheel gets oil, and yes, that is true. Yes. <laughs> So. so to find out where we stand on the consumption of alcohol, listen to uh, episodes <laughs> one through seventy three of the Beers and Bible podcast. And so something that we are contemplating, mm-hmm. and we'd love to hear a little feedback on, is we are uh, talking about re-releasing or going back and editing the original uh, episodes and removing the voice changers. Obviously, we can't remove the nicknames. Um, if you haven't figured it out yet, Anthony. I'm Rick and Michael is Patrick. We mm-hmm. we did use those nicknames. Well, I don't think we're going to talk about the nicknames tonight. We've gone we've gone long enough about who we are, but yeah. But uh but yeah. So we we are contemplating re-releasing those, but we don't want to mess up like current episodes and have it be all weird and stuff. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out how to do that the right way mm-hmm. if it's just re-uploading or or changing or something like that, but We'll let you know. We'll we'll share on our social media stuff uh, what we're going to do with that. But yeah. that is something that we're talking about. So I, I will say that I went back and listened to an episode from back when we had the voice mods on it, mm-hmm. and it sounds so weird now. It do, it Listen, really does. Listening to like before, I was like, eh, it's just whatever. It's it is what it is. Like at that yeah. point, and now after having had a few episodes out, I'm like, well. We Here, we probably need to do something about that. <laughs> if if you're a listener who has been with us from like episode one and and suffered through all of the voice mods, all the episodes with the voice mods, kudos to you. Please email us. Like I feel like I should give you some kind of prize. I mean, yeah. it's probably not going to be anything because we have we don't have any money to give you. But no. like I feel like you should have some kind of prize. So let me know if you've listened to all the episodes. <laughs> we do have some preliminary cool stuff in the works um, that we will share at some point once we've got it all nailed down. Yes, in terms of yep. things that you could use to share with your friends about the podcast help promote the beers and bible podcast yeah without the best act- thing you can do is rate and review but yeah well it worst case scenario just tell people anyway that's right um so now that we is that enough about <laughs> ourselves <laughs> 
we've gone for a hot minute on Are that. Are there I'm any questions we didn't answer? Uh, I'm a University oh. of Tennessee football fan, and Anthony's a Georgia Bulldog fan. Yes, I um, am. So that there's an interesting um, dynamic to our relationship. <laughs> Usually only all, really all one Saturday in October, <laughs> and it hasn't been much of a weird dynamic lately because Tennessee nope, is no, it hasn't. There was that one time garbage. Like, 2016 that y'all beat us yeah. on the Hail Mary or one 2017. Time. I can't hey. remember when it was. All it takes is one. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so now that we've finished um, Habakkuk, we are moving mm-hmm. into a new book of the Bible. Not new book of the Bible, but a new book from the Bible for us to go through. Yep. And Anthony, when you, we introduced Habakkuk, you mentioned First Peter as another book. Yes. That we were going to go through, and mm-hmm. after kind of talking about it, um, doing some looking at it, um, we really feel like that's a good place to to transition to here. And um, so that's what we're going to do. And tonight we're just going to give you a very brief-ish uh, flyover of to introduce the book of First Peter. Yes. So let's go. Let's do it. So the book of First Peter was uh, written by Peter the Apostle, one of the twelve apostles, and most believe it was written between like sixty two, sixty four A.D. So this would have been before the destruction of the temple. Uh, it was written specifically for the Jews and the Gentiles, and it was to encourage them to remain faithful to doctrines as they had been taught. Mm-hmm. Now, it's what's what makes this interesting um, is kind of coming off the book of Habakkuk, you have Habakkuk where he's he's having to li- deliver this bad news to the nation of Judah. Mm-hmm. They're going through this persecution through the Babylonians. Um, Peter here is in a very similar situation. Um, I mean, uh, at this time, Nero would have been the emperor, mm. and there would have been active persecution of <sighs> Christians at this time as well. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people will agree that this is Peter the Apostle who's writing this. There are some people who say that, no, the Greek is is a little too formal. It's a little too structured. Peter wouldn't have been that intelligent. Um, I, I, I hear those arguments, but I also know that, that when somebody writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they're capable of things that they wouldn't normally be capable of. So yeah. uh, you, you kind of have to factor that in. Um, Peter, yes, he was a Galilean fisherman, but uh, the the twelve apostles, uh, the apostles, <laughs> my beer's kicking in really good now. <laughs> the twelve apostles um, changed the world, yeah. And so you're talking about twelve uneducated low lives, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's basically what they were. One yeah. of them was a tax collector. He was the low of the low. Uh, that would be Matthew. Um, no big deal. I just so, wrote one of the gospels. Yeah, no, he's only this this guy who whatever. Um, <laughs> only so, this guy who whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, it, it's not beyond the realm of possibility for God to use mm-hmm. a Galilean fisherman to construct one of the most important books of the New Testament. Yeah. Um, as far as First Peter is concerned, there is a great development of of what theologians call the theology of suffering. Mm. Um, it's going to be very similar to Habakkuk. Um, it's going to be very much in line, but more more towards the church and how the church should be responding. Okay. Um, so in full disclosure here, I have actually completely taught through the book of First Peter. So 
I have a ton of notes, and I will probably talk a lot, and I'm going to try to push as much of this on to Michael as I can because well, you know what, um, you know what, I have a lot to say about yeah. the book of 1 Peter because I've studied it. Yeah, so you know what's funny? I'm looking through my Bible. I've got a lot of First Peter underlined, so I studied through it at some point too. <laughs> but I don't think it was when you taught it because you taught it to our um, – Production team. Production team. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I we went. I wouldn't have been a part of that because I was too busy doing production team stuff. Um, yes. Yes. That's how staff works at a church. <laughs> when <laughs> when you're on staff, you have to do all the stuff that yeah. the volunteers don't do. Yeah, so, so that. But, so you know. anyway, but yeah, I've got a lot of First Peter underlined, so I'm excited to Good. relearn things that I have obviously forgotten. Um, it is. It's a really good book. So what's the key verse for First Peter? So it's funny. Uh, the key verse is actually one I don't have underlined. <laughs> so uh, I need to You're going to need to underline that. So First uh, Peter 4.19 says um, in, my, in the Holman Christian standard, for, so those who suffer according to God's will should, in doing good, entrust themselves to a faithful creator. Um that is right in line with what we were just talking about in Habakkuk. Mm-hmm. Um, the righteous one will live by his faith. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even in suffering, we are to trust God with whatever we are going through and continue to continue to do good um, in spite of the trials and tribulations that we're going through. Right. Right. And, and it's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, one of the, one of the, the main thing that you're going to hear repeated through the book of first Peter is this, this idea of doing good while going through suffering. Um, multiple times, Peter is going to say when you face suffering or when you face trials, it's, it's a lot like James in some aspects mm-hmm. when it's not a matter of if you're going to face persecution or trials, but when you do. And so, you know, it's important for Christians to understand that the gospel does not call you, will not call you, has never called you to a easy life of fun and carefree, um, carefree days of, you know, laying on the beach. You know, that's not the Christian lifestyle. The Christian lifestyle is hard. Um, I think if you look at the person and work of Jesus, you will see that pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the book of first Peter is a book that highlights a lot of those points pretty clearly. Um, you know, Peter is the apostle who was crucified upside down, um, because he did not want to be crucified the same way that Jesus was crucified. He felt like it was, uh, denigrating to Jesus for that. So they wanted, they, he wanted to be crucified upside down. Um, I think that says a lot about Peter especially coming off of a book like first Peter. Right. Um, because that's, that shows that a man, that's a man who is fully prepared to, uh, give everything for the person of Christ. And now let's also not forget that this is the guy who denied Jesus three times before he was crucified. This is also the guy who jumped out of a boat onto water and then started to sink because he was like, Oh no, what have I done? So Peter is a guy who a lot of times put his, uh, he, he jumped ahead of himself. Um, and, and so if you're that, I am that kind of person. I, I, a lot of times will have to backtrack and put, pull my foot out of my mouth. Um, when I Mm -hmm. say things, uh, Michael's heard me do it multiple times. uh, No, never. (laughs) That's never happened. 
It's never no, happened. But, I mean, Peter jumps head first into something without thinking. Um, yes. And, and it's a lot of times either out of his faith or out of his ignorance. And yeah. I guess we'll find out which is prevalent <laughs> as we get into the book. It's a lot of both. <laughs> it really is a lot of both. Um, so so there are there really are th- kind of like three main sections mm-hmm. um, that we're going to hit through the book of First Peter. The yeah. first one uh, kind of covers the first couple of chapters, and it's it really focuses heavy on doctrine. Um, uh, I, I think when I was teaching through this, I called it doctrine for life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second section focuses a lot on how Christians should interact in the world, and so we call it ethics for life. I think is is mm-hmm. is what I called it, yeah. and then and then there are some closing remarks to kind of wrap up, uh, like a lot of the epistles and, and notes do. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of close everything out and and point everything again back to Christ, which is what really the whole book does anyway. So yeah, let's just let's kind of just walk through each one of these real quick as we as we wrap this up. But yeah. doctrine doctrine for life. What does Peter teach us there uh, about doctrine through his book? So um, Peter reminds us of, um, or the reader, he reminds the reader of their chosen status before God um, as a royal priesthood. He's mm-hmm. gonna he's gonna say that a few times here, um, and then he ties this status of royal priesthood back to examples of Israel from the Old Testament, um, and he's really trying to use this to point the reader to Christ as the foundation of their faith, yeah, um, instead of their their own merit or their own um good works or or mm-hmm. their family history or whatever it is um peter's really trying to point the reader back to christ as the foundation because he mm-hmm. is the foundation he's the cornerstone right so um that's that's really what the 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 first chapter and a half or so is mm-hmm. is is what peter's really trying to do here so then he moves on to ethics, ethics for life. Mm-hmm. Talk about that for just a second. Yeah. So um, then he he spends the the bulk of of his of this book looking more closely at the direct role of um, our relationships with our family, and then he also mm-hmm. touches on governmental relationships, which Whoa. yeah, which is going to get really hairy for <laughs> um, you always Trumpers out there. Um, <laughs> So, or you never trumpers yeah, out there. I mean, it's, yeah, true. It's, it's going to get hairy. To both. It's going to get hairy real quick. So um, he really points to the idea that wives, husbands, and slaves are all instructed in, or he, the, the ugh, sorry, wives, husbands, and slaves are all instructed in their relationships mm-hmm. with others, yes. um, including non-believers. It's not just like Christian wives to Christian husbands and Christian slaves, um, mm-hmm. and you know. Peter is still going to use this idea of suffering as his main theme. Um, I've got – get my Bible back out. Um, so First uh, Peter 2.17 says, mm-hmm. To honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. So Ouch. honor everyone. That doesn't mean like everyone you agree with. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. everyone that – Looks like you, talks like you, dresses like you, goes to the same church as you. Um, love the brotherhood. Love your sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. Fear God. That's Pretty per- simple. Yep, yep. And then honor <laughs> the emperor. Um, 
he's talking about whoever your leader in government is. Um, and yeah. remember, at this time when Peter is writing this, Nero. Nero. And uh, so for reference at the um, – I'm having a really hard time with this today. Um, but today <laughs> was the uh, day of Joe Biden's first press conference. That was a that was bad. If you, if you watched any of it, it, it was it was bad. Um, and and I find myself almost almost laughing not at him, just at the situation. Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for him. I really do. We we have a we have a group text um, with a few guys, and you know one of the guys says, "I just can't. I don't feel sorry for him at all. I, I just can't." And I get where he's coming from. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like this guy. He he has no idea what's going on. He yeah. he is completely and utterly clueless. And, and you know, as a believer, what Peter is saying here to honor the emperor, you know, that means pay your taxes. That means be somewhat subordinate, but not like mm-hmm. not subordinate to the point of like blind obedience. Um, pray for him. Mm-hmm. I'm very guilty of not praying for Joe Biden. Um, and it's, you know, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> you get, you, when you see him talk. <laughs> when, when you hear the words that come out of his mouth, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. So please. But, um, you know. Do, do you ever feel like the, the teacher on Billy Madison? At any point in your rambling, <laughs> yes, did anything yes. coherent come the, out of your mouth? The, yes, I was. I was May God to... have mercy on your soul. <laughs> yes, I warned you no points. <laughs> so, I feel sorry for him. I really do, um, and I hope that he finds Jesus, and I hope that he governs like he's found Jesus. Um, and it's, I'll leave it at that. But but yeah. Pe- but Peter says to honor the emperor. Um, we as believers, we don't have the luxury to pull down or tear down any leader, regardless of their political affiliation in relationship to our own. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, I, I know you mentioned First Peter four nineteen is kind of the key verse, and I, I do believe that that is the key verse. But I think there is a a second verse that Christians should hold dear in this in this book and it is uh chapter 3 verse 18 and if there was ever a verse in the bible that sums up the gospel in one verse you know there there's a there's definitely a few passages that that kind of capsize not capsize capsulate encapsulate the gospel into into one little section um but first peter 3:18 for me captures the entire gospel in one verse. And it says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. And and let that sink in. Christ suffered for the unrighteous. He suffered for you. He suffered for me. He suffered for all who have put their faith and trust in him. The righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, being made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed the spirits to the uh, uh, proclaimed to the spirits in prison. So that gets into verse nineteen. But you you look at verse eighteen. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. If that is not the most clear 
presentation of the gospel in really in half of a verse. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Yeah. Because that I mean that lays it all out on the line. You know, if if I'm in a if I'm in a gospel conversation with somebody that's that's where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Christ was righteous and he went to the cross for you the unrighteous. He went to the cross for yeah. me the unrighteous. Yeah. In order to make us righteous. Yeah. My translation um uh can, like it, it also says that it could be the righteous one in place mm-hmm. for the righteous unrighteous many. Yes. And in you know I have that verse underlined already, but I've, I haven't I haven't really I haven't ever considered the righteous one um, in the place of the unrighteous many before. Yeah. And then and then you tie that back to Habakkuk where we just came from. Mm-hmm. The righteous will live by faith. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's Christ's righteousness that has been imputed to us. Yeah. That makes us righteous. Yeah. And so we are called to live by faith. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then uh, to close it out, Peter's going to have some closing remarks like he normally does. He's going he's gonna to call people to humble themselves, uh, the typical kind of exhortation stuff that closes out a, a letter encouraging people. So that is a, that's like a super reduced 50,000-foot uh, view of the book of First Peter where we're going to go for the next few weeks. Um, I hope you stay along because it's going to be a super fun ride. I love the book of First Peter. Like I said, I've talked through it before. Um, I really enjoyed studying it the first time, and and I'm going to enjoy diving back into it again uh, the second time, I'm, I'm sure. So we want you to stick around um, and send us emails or anything like that. Michael, if they want to get in touch with us on social media, where would they do that? You can find us on Instagram at beers and bible underscore you can also find us on twitter at beers and bible p1 you can find us on facebook by searching for beers and bible podcast and looking for our new and updated logo and then you can also email us over at beers and bible podcast at gmail.com and we would love logo which is completely and totally dope yeah it very much is so we are excited about the book of First Peter. I'm excited about this peanut butter jelly sour. Um, yeah. It's a little late for a second one, but I may not care tonight. <laughs> I don't know if I've you can hear, it but it's been like thundering and storming and stuff in the background here. I've made it through two of these things tonight. Um, that's more than I, that's one and a half more than I thought you were going to drink. That's true. Uh, <laughs> it's still not my favorite. It's still only getting three Luthers, but um, Fairhope Brewing. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that I don't like your beer because I do like your beer on other things. Just not this but time. So. Just not this time. <clears throat> so there you have it. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to talk to you. So shoot us messages. Send us uh, emails. Whatever you want to do. However you're... If you want to send us snail mails, then I'm sorry I'm not giving you my address. Uh, but until next week, we will see you later. We hope you have a great week. Drink some cold beer. Go find the ooey gooey peanut butter jelly sour. Drink that for sure because it got five losers, so it's got to be good. And uh, we will see you later. Peace out. Peace out.